Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, we're back. Today's 5 December, and this is episode 75. I just did episode yesterday, uh, but there's big news, I guess breaking news, in the uh, Army modernization uh, priorities. Uh, Priority number three, which is future vertical lift. Uh, Let me catch you up on that, if I can find it. Future vertical lift, which consists of the following. Of course, you know there's six priority efforts for the Army for modernization. Number one, long-range precision fires. Number two, next-generation combat vehicle. Number three, future vertical lift. Number four, network. Number five, air and missile defense. And number six, soldier lethality. Well, in priority number three, future vertical lift, uh, the effort uh, future attack, I'm sorry, future long-range assault aircraft uh, was picked today. And it's in all the the breaking news, um, defense news anyway. And that's when... Usually I can't stand Twitter or I tolerate Twitter, but Twitter really came in handy tonight because I was coming home from work late again, and I just looked at my phone, and man, there it was all over the place about uh, Bell V-280 Valor Tilt Rotor is picked as the Army Blackhawk replacement. Kind of big news. So I thought I'd do a story on it. We did the same thing when uh, the Army picked number six, Soldier Lethality, when they picked the next-gen squad weapon, the next uh, automatic rifle and rifle, which six-hour one, and then we did it also when uh, for next-generation combat vehicle, the mobile protected firepower. When General Dynamic General Dynamics won that one, so I figured, what the hell, what the heck, we'll do it for this. So, anyway, right off the bat, <clears throat> one of the first stories I saw out there was from Breaking Defense, and we'll we'll cover that story uh, from Ashley Roquet with assistance from. Uh, Aaron Meta, uh, 5 December, of course, today, tonight, actually. Uh, titles Bell Textron Valor wins Army's uh, FLRAA FLARA, uh, future long range assault aircraft uh, competition to replace the Blackhawk. Uh, the award is worth $1.3 billion, but follow on production contract could put the program in ranges of over $70 billion over its lifetime. Uh, after years of development, prototyping, and test flights, the Army today announced that Bell Textron Valor's tilt rotor has won the future long-range assault aircraft competition to be the successor for the aging UH-60 Blackhawk and a key component of the Army's future force. The announcement gives Bell a massive victory, not just in America, but with the global community of 28 Blackhawk operators, many of whom are likely to follow the United States Army's lead when looking for a replacement of the future. Then, of course, uh, our favorite person, uh, the Honorable Doug Bush, had a quote, I am excited to be part of this momentous day for the Army. The Assistant Secretary for Army Acquisition Logistics Technology said in a release, the thoughtful and disciplined execution of the FLORA program strategy will deliver the transformational capabilities we need to support the joint force, strengthen deterrence, and, and win in multi-domain operations. And a subsequent, subsequent 
subsequent call with reporters, several Army officials provided additional details about the new contract. In total, they said the current deal is worth up to $1.3 billion, with the initial obligation vowed at $232 million over the next 19 months. And there's a couple of quotes from this guy, Major General Robert Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. He's the Army's Program Executive Officer of Aviation, PEO Aviation. He said the initial dollar figure will allow Bell to continue onward with the preliminary design of the aircraft and deliver vir- virtual prototypes over of a potentially model-based system. Uh, there's another quote here. There are zero aircraft being procured in the initial portion, the two-star general said. If the aircraft moves into production, though, the program could soar up to I'm sorry, $70 billion over its lifetime. <clears throat> now, there was a... Uh, Another article that I looked at that's got another quote from Barry, General Barry. It's from, uh, it's a real good article too. It's from Dan Parsons, The War Zone, of course, 5 December. The title of this article is Bells, V280 Valor, Tilt Rotor Picked as the Army's Blackhawk Replacement. And here's another quote from General Barry. Uh, and here it is Can we be more specific on the factors on how we exactly arrived at this point? No, Barry said. However, the best value is meant in the truest sense, that it was a comprehensive analysis of a variety of factors. No one really drove that decision, so if you look broadly at a high level, the factor are variables and performance, cost, and schedule all were considered, and the combination of those are defined explicitly and evaluated, and what's arrived, that is what I would describe as the best value for what the Army would describe as the best value selection. I don't know what to make of that. That's a quote. Uh, let's see. Of course, the Bell Valor was going against uh, the Sikorsky Boeing defined SB1. So I'll continue on with the article from uh, Breaking Defense. Uh, of course, we have the obligatory quote from Mitch Snyder, President and CEO of Bell. He says, This is an exciting time for U.S. Army, Bell, and Team Valor as we modernize the Army's aviation capabilities for decades to come. Uh, for the past several years, I'm getting back to the article now. For the past several years, teams from Bell and Sikorsky Boeing have been racing along each other, alongside each other, for the high-profile contract, producing futuristic prototypes and logging flight hours. Army leaders were initially expected to announce the victor earlier this year, and personally, I thought it was going to be around AUSA in October. Uh, back to the article, but they said they need additional time to refute the bids. Then on November 21. Uh, the Honorable Doug Bush told reporters the decision would be announced by the end of the calendar year, saying the delay was simply due to the necessary quality control and due diligence associated with a contract this big. Uh, the exact requirements the service laid out for the aircraft remain closely held, but allowed the companies pr- to produce two strikingly different designs, Bell's Tilt Rotor Valor aircraft against Sikorsky Boeing Coaxial Rotor Defiant X. And if you remember, maybe you don't remember, I did a twit. Uh, Twitter survey, and uh, actually Bell won that, like 65 to 35, something like that. Of course, there was only 18 people that took part in it. Uh, Moving on, it is unclear at this time that the contract protest will be filed, of course, by Sikorsky Boeing. Although given the magnitude of the Florida program, it would not be a surprise. A protest could potentially delay the Army on its quest to field the new Florida fleet around 2030, but service leaders said today they factored a potential pro- protest delay into the schedule. 
the Sikorsky Boeing team did not disclose if it would protest the decision, but issued a brief statement after the announcement. And here's their statement. We remain confident Defiant X is a transformational aircraft in the U.S. Army. I'm sorry. We remain confident Defiant X is a transformational aircraft the U.S. Army requires to accomplish its complex missions today and well into the future, the team wrote in a statement. We will evaluate our steps, our next steps, after reviewing feedback from the Army. That's a pretty good statement. Can't, you know, it doesn't sound like sore losers. They just sound like they're not giving up. Over the weekend, uh, Breaking Defense spoke with uh, Representative Rob Whitman, uh, Republican from Virginia, at this year's Reagan Defense National Forum. Uh, Whitman is a contender to chair the House Armed Services Tactical Air and Land Forces Subcommittee and said he believes the Florida concept is based around sound technology, but he wants to make sure the aircraft's range is suitable for the vast distance in the Indo-Pacific region. And some people on Twitter, smart people, are saying that maybe that could have been the uh, the decider. Right There was the, the range of the V-280 against the Sikorsky Boeing. Uh, do I want to keep going with this? Yeah, I'll keep going. I, and here's this guy, this uh, Whitman guy. He says, I do think, I'm sorry, the representative Rob Whitman, Republican of Virginia, said, I do think before they make this final award, they really need to examine those operational elements of the aircraft and figure out does it work in all theaters or does it just work in a European theater where we have a lot of land based facilities? It's a big deal to put a tanker up in the Indo Pacific Command and get a Flora or future attack reconnaissance aircraft, which is the other effort, and get it refueled, he later added. And I'm going to go back to this uh, War Zone article by Dan Parsons. Uh, let's see. And a little bit of AUSA. Uh, AUSA Readiness and Modernization is a pretty good website. Uh, let's see. Valor. We're talking about the Valor now. Valor posted hundreds of flight hours in its flight test campaign and notched more than 280 knot speed as it was named for and designed to achieve. So 280 knots is pretty fast for a rotary wing aircraft. Conventional helicopters cannot get anywhere near that speed. In fact, the Valor V-280, which is a demonstrator, not finalized, designed for the Army, broke the 300-knot barrier in testing. Uh, the vertical lift... Okay, now I'm going to the AUSA. Uh, this vertical lift aircraft is designed to carry 11 soldiers plus a crew of four. Uh, the Valor, which I think a Blackhawk carries 11 anyway, so that's really no improvement. Uh, and the crew of four, yeah, that's like a Blackhawk. So uh, anyway, the, this Valor, the Valor V280 integrates a clean sheet design with a V-tail configuration and a fuselage of composite construction. The wings are made of large cell carbon core. The helicopter or the aircraft offers improved safety and handling through its redundant fly-by-wire flight control system which reduces the workload of pilots and the weight of the aircraft and the maintenance cost in comparison to traditional flight control systems. Overall, it has twice the speed and range of existing vertical lift helicopters with a combat range of 500 to 800 nautical miles. Do I need to go any more on that? I think that's pretty much it. Yep, that's it. So, if you wake up tomorrow morning or you listen to the podcast tonight, you'll see that... Uh, Bell V280, the Bell Valor 280, V280, has won the Flora contract. All right, one more story, and then I'm done. That took 11 minutes. Uh, this is a pretty big story, too. 
And I was going to do it in the next podcast, but I figure I had everybody's attention, hopefully. And I'll, I'll just do this one and I'll be done. This is from Breaking Defense. No, I'm sorry. This is from Defense News. Um, it's from today, 5 December. Uh, this is about ammunition in Ukraine. So it's a pretty, pretty important story, too. So Army plans dramatic ammo production boost as Ukraine drains stocks. Joe Gould. Uh, uh, break, I'm sorry, Defense News, 5 December. The reason why this caught my eye is because uh, the Honorable Doug Bush has another quote in this one. And like I said, when he says something, I really pay attention. So the article goes, as donations to Ukraine stream, strain allied munition stockpiles, the U.S. Army is seeking a dramatic ramp in monthly production of 155 artillery shells over the next three years, its chief weapons buyer said Saturday. And of course, they're talking about Doug Bush. Now, real quick, you know we do a pretty decent job here of reporting all the defense security uh, of reporting all the defense packages, security packages to Ukraine from the United States. And there was a time period, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago, five weeks ago, where I'd started noticing that uh, one twenty millimeter mortars and one hundred five uh, millimeter uh, artillery rounds were increasing and you weren't seeing uh, 155 millimeter ammunition being given i was starting to think like what's going on and then the french started we did our uh, a show about how the french uh, france was talking about their shortages of 155 and i think uh the honorable doug bush kind of hinted around there was might be some problems of 155 ammo anyway sure enough that that must be it because this story talks about uh, seeking a dramatic ramp up of production of 155 millimeter artillery shells. So I'll continue back. So I'm not saying that we we predicted it. That we I'm saying that we I was suspicious about it, and maybe I was right about something for once. Anyway, those plans hinge on. I'm back to the article now. Those plans hinge on emergency spending for Ukraine that Congress already approved, but also on more than 600 million in industrial investments in the next tranche aid and multi-year authorities and the annual defense policy bill still under debate in Congress, according to Doug Bush, who we know is Assistant Secretary of the Army for Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics. And here's another quote from him. Funding is already in place. Contracts are underway to basically triple 155 millimeter production. Bush told Defense Nudes, there's funding on the Hill and the supplemental to more than double that again. That would take a period of years. We want to be able to build our stocks, not just where we started the war, but higher. We're posturing for pretty, for a pretty, over a period of three years, dramatic increase in conventional artillery ammunition production. And then SEC Army, Christine Warmoth, separately told reporters that the U.S. will, this is kind of an important line, the U.S. will go from making 14,000 155 millimeter shells each month to 20,000 by the spring. So that's, in, you know, March, April, May. And then up to 40,000 by 2025. So he, Doug Bush is right. They're going to go from 14,000 they're making now to 40,000 in three years. And knowing America, the United States, will probably do that in 2024, a year early. Because, you know, when, let's be honest, when America puts their mind to do something, they usually do a pretty good job. Moving on with the article. The service in recent days awarded contracts to three private companies to produce and deliver 155 millimeter artillery. The three companies are General Dynamics Ordnance, 
and Tactical Systems, American Ordnance, and the third one is IMT Defense. Is there a better name for a defense company than IMT Defense? You guys know what IMT means? Individual movement techniques for the infantrymen out there. Some of you infantrymen remember that. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bush says it's unclear. Doug Bush says it's unclear what Ukraine's military mid and long term needs will be, and the U.S. Army wants to be ready. We are in a position to support Ukraine, but it's more than mid and long term, Bush said. By creating this capacity, if the war goes three or four years, we'll be in a position to vastly outproduce the Russians all by ourselves. If you combine that with our allies, then we're just dwarfing their capability. They won't be able to keep up. Doug Bush is pretty chatty in this article. Usually he doesn't say anything, but he's pretty chatty. Uh, moving on, I'm almost done with this. Uh, Bush noted that the Army is paying to expand and improve production capacity at its ammunition plants in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Kingsport, Tennessee, and Middletown, Iowa. Uh, Army officials also aim to contract with defense firms outside the U.S. for artillery shells for Ukraine. A step in line with talks with senior Pentagon officials and their foreign counterparts about greater industrial cooperation. So now we're moving beyond the 155 stuff. And Doug Bush said he is pushing to double the production of most in-demand precision munitions for Ukraine, which is a uh, guided multiple launch rocket system rounds, which is for the HIMARS, of course. And Javelins, uh, a portable tank jointly made by Lockheed and Raytheon. Of course, Lockheed Martin makes the HIMARS and the Javelins made by Lockheed and Raytheon together. Uh, let's see. He talked about the Senate version of the two, uh, 2023 NDA, which aims to authorize massive purchase and high-priority munitions using multi-year contracts to help Ukraine fight Russia and refill U.S. stockpiles. And let's see what else. And there's one quote from a from a Raytheon chief executive, a guy named Greg Hayes. He says that since the war's consumption rates have so far vastly outstripped the industrial capacity, since the start of the Russian invasion in February, donation efforts have used up five years of javelin production and 13 years of stinger production. And then he says, hypothetically, so the question is how are we going to restock and resupply the inventories? And obviously, we know they're going to ramp up production. And finally, uh, Secretary of the Army says contracts for production boost have already begun for Raytheon to a $1.2 billion award for Raytheon for six national advanced surface-to-air system batteries for Ukraine and $431 million to Lockheed to replenish HIMARS launchers. And that's pretty much it. I don't want to go any further than that. All right, so there you have it. Two big stories to me is the Flora with Bell 280V Valor and tripling and quadrupling or whatever the term would be for 155 ammo and other stuff. So that's pretty much it. Kind of a special report, I suppose. I'm not Walter Cronkite, but I guess that's as close as I'll ever be to Walter Cronkite. So anyway, 19 minutes, 22 seconds. This is episode 75 in the books. Thank you very much and good night.